Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind Healthy Life the podcast that explores the interconnectedness of mental well-being and personal growth. I'm your host Avik and I'm thrilled to introduce our esteemed guest for today's episode. Joining us is Avni Panchal, a licensed clinical social worker and empowerment coach who is widely recognized as the Indian counselor. so this the indian uh, the indian counselor is a show uh, in youtube and she is the host of the show so with with over a decade of experience in the field avni offers invaluable insights into mental health relationships and intricacies of indian culture avni's diverse background spans both the public and private sectors so which she has worked tirelessly to create safe spaces for individuals to share their thoughts and emotions without fear of judgment her mission is to help people tap into their inner strength cultivate self love and mental health as a woman of color who immigrated to the country as a teenager avni is passionate about helping bipoc individuals and navigate the unique challenges that cultural influences can have on their sense of self so by normalizing the conversations around mental health avni strives to ensure that it is regarded with the same importance as physical health So as an entrepreneur Avni also delves into the realm of money mindset uncovering the transformative power of betting on oneself and embracing a healthy relationship with finances so get ready to inspired as Avni shares her wealth of knowledge and personal experiences so this episode promises to explore the intersections of mental health culture personal growth and entrepreneurship so without a further ado let's dive into the enriching conversation with the incredible avni panchal the indian counselor so welcome to the show avni thank you so much avrik i really appreciate the kind words <laughs> great so uh, like so avni like i have read about the profile i have read about your work So uh before we get into in detail like can you share with our listeners like why mental health is still uh stigmatized in the indian community and maybe what are some common misconceptions surrounding it 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm really grateful for your podcast and what you're doing because I think it's so wonderful that you're trying to destigmatize mental health because everyone has something going on in their life, right? And I don't think not talking about it is helping anybody. Um, so I, as you very beautifully said in my introduction, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. So I'm a therapist and a coach. I call myself an empowerment coach. And um, mental health has been something that I have been working in this field for the last 11, 12 years. There is a real stigma in our culture. I don't know how else to say it, to sugarcoat it. It really is. There, there is a stigma in our culture. And for the longest time, even in my family and my extended family, to be honest, they didn't really know what I'm doing. Like, they know I'm doing something, but they have no idea. What is it that you do? Do you read people's mind? Do you help them? How do you help them? So there's been so many misconceptions over the years that I've heard from our community. Um, because it's it, the stigma is real, right? I haven't heard... The conversation, I would like to say, the conversation is changing, which I'm grateful for. People like you, in terms of your podcast, other individuals are trying to change the conversation. Having said that, there is still this notion, if I go to a therapist or a coach, or if I ask for help, I'm weak. There's something wrong with me, or, you know... I'm, I should be able to do this on my own. I have everything, or sometimes what unfortunately parents or relatives may say with the best of intentions, because I'm not here to disrespect any parents or family members. But unfortunately, sometimes people will say, oh, just wait, pick yourself up. It's not nothing to be sad about. And we don't really know why that person is feeling that way. I think they pick up with the cone and her uh, mental health journey has also shared that she had everything going for her and she was still very depressed and she didn't know why. Um, so I'm glad the conversation is happening because the stigma really is if there's something that I have to ask for help for, that means I'm doing something wrong or there's something wrong with me. And I'm really here to tell everybody that there's nothing wrong with you. Asking for help is actually very courageous. Um, and, it, it, you know, we all want to share the load a little because it lightens it up a little for us. Exactly. That's that's the true thing, because uh, I guess uh, this is the mindset and which we definitely need to change because it's not a um, it's not a problem. It's not a uh, kind of crime also. So it's a, it's natural. And there are people uh, and there are ways to uh, solve it. So uh, always uh, seek help for the same. It's totally correct. So, uh, but the next thing is like, what are some uh, some of the common factors or societal norms uh, within the Indian community that uh, contribute uh, to the uh, stigma surrounding mental health? I think the very first one that I lived in in my family lived experience, and I've seen in many Indian families, is you don't share what's happening in our family. You don't share anything outside our family. This is between our family and you don't share it out. And I think it, it in with the best of intentions of, okay, we don't want to share what's going on in our family. It actually hurts the family more than it, than it helps them because when there really is something going on in your family, whether it's your sibling that's going through something or your partner that's going through something, if you're not able to talk to other people, 
and you have to keep the family secret within the family, you actually do more harm because you there's no way to get another perspective to look outside of your own family and your own life of what is actually happening. So I think one of the biggest things that is contributed in our culture is this idea of you don't speak to others outside of our family. The other thing that happens is also this notion of, you know, just like move on, like let life is just, you know, I heard this in, and I can speak a little bit of Hindi, so it's like, it's fine, right? And I've always heard that as like, don't worry about it, just think positive, be positive. And once again, best of intentions of saying, yes, think positive, but what if you really were having a bad day? What if something really was going on that was impacting you in a way that was really hurting you? And for me to come and say as your friend or as your partner or as your parent, say, don't worry, don't take tension, just be positive, doesn't necessarily acknowledge that you're going through something really difficult, that you may need some help. And it also doesn't normalize for you that it's okay that you're feeling that way. Because I think sometimes this idea of, oh, just think positive doesn't allow the person permission to feel bad one day because we've all had bad days. And then other thing that I think is major in our culture is language. Like, I don't know, and I speak Hindi and Gujarati. Mm -hmm. I know there are way more languages than just those two in our country. And I know in my language, in Hindi and Gujarati, there isn't a whole a word for mental health. And the way I've seen it described is, oh, I have a lot of tension. But tension could mean I have physical tension or I have mental tension. But it's never defined as there's something going on with my mental health and well-being. I've never heard anyone, and I don't want to say never, but it's very rare that I've heard someone say something like, oh, I'm going through a lot. I want to manage my mental health. It's not a normal conversation that people are having. I think it's changing, but I think that also adds to the cultural pressure pressure of what if I wanted to say that and that's not a normal conversation, then am I going to actually say that? And then add the layer of if you're a man in, in this culture or if you're someone that's, you know, higher up in your family, maybe you're the oldest or maybe, you know, you're the head of the household. That also adds more pressure because you should be put together and you should have it figured out. So I think that also adds, um, you know, to the notion of not wanting to talk about mental health. So these are some of the ones that I've seen. I know that's not an exhaustive list. You could tell me more, but these are definitely the top three or four that I've seen for sure. That's great. That's true. So uh, in your experience, like how does the stigma surrounding the mental health impact the individuals uh, within the Indian community and like what are some of the specific challenges they may face? There are so many and where do we begin, right? Um, the thing that comes to mind if, if we're thinking of just like upbringing, school. School is a big one because academics, I know in our culture, education is so highly valued it's also very competitive. If you're in India, I know there's like 0.01% that determines whether you made it in the medical college or engineering college or you didn't. Um, so that just has so much competition. And I think that adds to the level of stress 
that adds to the level of anxiety that someone feels. That adds to the level of depression if you don't feel good enough. I talk about imposter syndrome a lot because that is something that I work with very well with my clients, whether it's in coaching or therapy. I have seen a lot of Indian people and not just Indian people, but because we're talking about our culture, I've seen a lot of Indian people really struggle with feeling like an imposter, whether it's when they have picked a major or whether it's they're doing the job and they don't feel like they really deserve the job. Um, they have to prove their mettle. There's this constant drive of wanting to be perfect. I think some of that perfection comes from our upbringing, and this is not blaming any parents whatsoever. And I know many people, including my own family, where I got 94% on something, and then my dad very lovingly would be like, well, what about the six? And even though it, it he meant the best, he had the best intentions, what it actually ends up doing for the person is drive you to be perfect. And we know none of us are perfect. So if you're constantly striving for perfection, that actually is very anxiety inducing. So on academics, there's impact on mental health, but even on relationships. So depending on, you know, what your cultural lived experience is, whether you are allowed to date or not allowed to date, and then all of a sudden you're of a particular age, or you have to get married, maybe it's 25, maybe it's 30 in your culture. It depends on what the age is. But all of a sudden, you were never allowed to date, and now you need to find someone because you need to get married and settle down. So there's pressure in that as well, right? So mental health shows up in many different ways for many different people. I also think mental health shows up once you are in your career that you thought was going to be the thing that was going to be succeed, you know, making you successful. Let's say it was the engineering field that you picked or the medical field. And now you realize you're burnt out. You're not happy. It's not helping you in any way, shape, or form to really feed your soul or bring joy. And you don't know what's wrong with you because you have everything going for you, but you don't know what's wrong. And oftentimes people don't want to talk about it because they feel I should be happy. I have the partner of my life. I have the house that I want. I have the car that I want. Why am I not happy? And they don't necessarily understand that maybe they haven't really taken any time to get to know them. Maybe they haven't taken any time to get to know what makes them happy. I have so many clients when I ask them, what makes you happy? They are literally sitting in silence and telling me, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. And a lot of us in our culture just drive for this, you know, we got to be ambitious. We got to move up the ladder and we got to succeed and be something and make it. I think that pressure genuinely adds to someone's mental health and well-being. That's great. So, um, like, can you can you help help us uh, with the steps uh, that an individual uh, take to break the silence and initiate conversations about mental health within their families and uh, communities? Because, uh, like, just prior to this, we are talking about like uh, feeling shy, not open to communicate. So, in that cases, like. Any steps you would suggest? Yeah, absolutely. And I want to show a lot of compassion to someone who is trying to attempt to talk about this because I know how difficult it can be. Um, I know how scary it can feel. And I really want to just tell them that, you know, 
you're trying to break some of the cultural norms that we all have and we're trying to break the generational patterns and so you know be proud and have recognize that takes a lot of courage uh, on your part having said that i think some of the ways that we can start having conversation one it's going to be important to figure out who that person is that you trust to begin with because you don't want to start this conversation with a relative that you know is going to just put you down when you're going to say something that's not a person that you're really what i call psychologically safe with so you really want to start figuring out first with who is a person like if i were to share something that's going on in my life who is the person that i normally would want to go to maybe that's a friend maybe it's one of your parents maybe not maybe not both maybe it's a cousin that you're really close to so one figure out first who that person is that you feel could potentially hold that information for you because you don't want to just start sharing with everybody because it's not necessarily the best idea if someone's going to really put you down that actually has more harm to you and you probably are going to be less likely to ever want to share it again So find someone that you really are, you know, connected with, trust, and then start having a conversation. And I really mean conversation because this is something that is really vulnerable to you, and vulnerability as human beings is not something that we like to do. And so think of it as a conversation. You don't have to say your whole life story in that particular conversation. You can simply start by saying, "Hey, I had an off day yesterday." Yeah. take a pause see whether your friend takes that up maybe your friend or cousin or whoever you've identified is going to say oh yeah i noticed that with you too what's going on now you have an opportunity to share a little bit more maybe they hear you know maybe you share a little bit more maybe they ask a follow up question so think of it as a conversation that's a back and forth but not necessarily like you have to bring a whole paragraph of your story and lay it all bare because that's very scary to us if we've never done it before so think of it as what is a one sentence opening statement that i want to make and see if my person will pick it up exactly so um any cultural specific approaches are there or maybe the strategies um, that can help in destigmatizing the uh, mental health within the community absolutely one of the big ones and this goes across the board in no matter what the topic is is we want to start normalizing the conversation and when i say normalize i really mean simply starting by saying something like it's okay And so what do I mean by that? If someone said I had a really bad day and they were in a group of friends or a group of people instead of saying ah chaliar why are you so upset or xyz start by saying yeah I you know that's that's okay we all have bad days some days you simply doing that allows the person to know it's okay for me to have a bad day and it allows them to know i can come here and have that conversation because if we make fun of that person or put them down all we're telling them is this is not a place for you to have the conversation and i don't really care to hear anything you have to say even though that is your friend and you probably want to hear what they have to say unintentionally that's the message we're giving the other thing that i would say is that a lot of times in our culture we stay silent when we see someone struggling we say we stay silent or we 
being the, we're in the corner gossiping about their life. And I really hope as a culture, we can stop that because when we are judging someone else, we're also judging ourselves because what we're telling ourselves is when and if I get there where I'm struggling, I'm going to be highly critical of me. And so we're not only serving the other person by judging them, but we're also not serving ourselves because we're not normalizing that for ourselves. And I'm here to tell you, even if you have the best of life out there, there's never going to be not a day where you won't feel okay. And so are we wanting to create a culture and a space where we're normalizing things? Or are we wanting to create a culture where we're putting people down and just kind of, you know, keeping what I call the status quo at bay, like keeping the culture going of we don't talk about things. And then it just in turn hurts ourselves, but it also hurts others. So I would say very specifically cultural peace would be normalizing it in any conversation, saying that it's okay, saying that it's normal. And then really when you're real recognizing that there is silence in the conversation or someone wants to gossip about it. Maybe you're that person that says, you know what? I don't feel like talking about this right now because I know that person's really struggling. And I know that that may mean that friendships will be changing, but I'd rather have a culture and a community where people are supporting one another than putting people down. Right. So that's the best way I, I also believe so um so along with that like how can an individual educate themselves and maybe the others surrounding uh, the person about mental health uh, to promote the understanding and acceptance because that actually matters and somehow i believe uh, most of us lack this uh, kind of understanding Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of it has to do with language, right? So when I talk to my parents, for example, and this actually recently happened, they're going through a massive life transition, very good life transition of retirement. And I don't think they realize that they are having a lot of anxiety around that. My parents will never say the word anxiety because it's not in their vocabulary in that sense. Not that they're not educated, not that they don't understand, but it's just not something that they speak on their day-to-day language. So sometimes getting knowledgeable as an individual is getting the language to understand what you're going through. I also want to say it doesn't mean that has to be the word. So what do I mean by that? If I when I talked to my parents, I was like, this sounds like anxiety. but maybe you're calling it tension or maybe you're calling it stress and so be open to also using that person's language so if they're not ready to say anxiety but they're ready to say tension it's fine as long as they understand that that is what's happening so i would say as an individual get to understand the language because when i say mental health people have a stigma around it but if i ask you how are you doing that's a question related to your mental health but no one is going to question me on asking you how are you doing so a lot of times it's this language that we feel oh that's that's something that's you know has to do with mental illness or mental health so i would say just get familiar a little bit more on what does it mean to practice 
and take care of your mental health and well-being. There's so many different, like your podcast is one, but there's so many other resources and books out there as well that really talk about what it means to have, you know, healthy mental health and life being. So that could be reading books on happiness. That could be reading books on how to manage your stress. That could be reading books on burnout. So it could be myriad of different ways, but I would really genuinely say it's getting familiar with the language and how it shows up for you. So if you are someone that, you know, realize, oh, I tend to overthink things or I tend to, you know, worry about my future, that's anxiety too. But maybe that's not what you call it. And so understanding, okay, this is also anxiety I tend to call it stress. Now I ha have an understanding of this is how it shows up in my life. I think it's really going to help individuals. And then uh, going back to my point in the last question, I hope you then bring it to your community of friends and cousins and circles because then you can also say, hey, yesterday I noticed I tend to overthink. And you know what I realized? That is that's called anxiety. I didn't even know that that's what it was called. Um, and so that can then be a conversation starter in your circle. That's great. So, uh, okay. So when we're talking, talking about the circle, so uh, the next thing comes to my mind, like uh, we often uh, have friends, right? So uh, when we have the friends, so we generally... Uh, uh, seek support or maybe we disclose things with the friends now how can uh, friends of those communities I'm not talking about any particular community but uh, uh, any community help support and create safe spaces for individuals who are struggling with mental health challenges yeah um it's a lovely question and i think i go back to are you normalizing it for that person? So are you making it okay for them to first come to you or come to the set of friends that, that are there to have this conversation? Are we making it okay? Are we making it safe to talk about these things? And the other thing that I would really ask the group of friends that are holding this person is one, you wanna make sure that information is confidential in your group. Because if there is any way this is going out of your circle, um, and if if the other person realizes that someone else also knows their story when they didn't want them to know their story, that actually also has a major hurt and impact on that person. So I'd really say, how do you kind of make this space a confidential space? And um, the other thing that I would hope that is happening if this person is genuinely really struggling, there's only so much that friends can do. And I'm not saying that friends are not capable of supporting you. I have many wonderful friends in my life that have really helped me in so many ways. And there were certain times in my life where I knew I need some professional to come in and really support me, coach me through certain things. And so as a friend, I hope you also understand that it's not entirely on you or your responsibility 100% for your friend's mental health to change. It may look like, hey, I'm here for you. I want to support you. And 
I really want you to also look at how we get some professional help for you because I think that would be really helpful. So even normalizing that can be very helpful because I think oftentimes, especially in our community, we tend to want to be like, yes, we're going to help you and we're going to get it done and everyone's all supportive and Sometimes we also want to make sure that that person has an outlet outside of the friendship because here's where I come in as a therapist or a coach. There are certain things that I can do as a therapist and a coach that a friend, because of the role you're in, just is not possible to do. Not that you're not capable, it just, it, it's a different role. And sometimes people really do need a therapist or a coach to come in and guide them through what's going on, give them perspective, really give them the space they need to talk about things that maybe friends may not be able to do in that capacity. So I would say one, normalize the conversation, keep it confidential, and then really open up space and option for, can we bring someone else in your life that can really support this for you? Great, so this is the scenario uh, where the person or the individual is actually reaching out to his or her friends but uh, on the other side like if that person uh, is not okay that person is actually uh, trying to uh, seek mental health uh, health support uh, but the thing is that person is kind of hesitating uh, because obviously uh, the stigma uh, within the community so in that case so any particular or practical tips you want to share with the uh, listeners? Yeah, one, and, and I think that's one way common than more people realize. I think there are so many people out there that want the help, don't know how to ask for the help, or have hesitation because it makes them feel weak or you know, whatever's going through their mind. And it's very, very incredibly common. So as a friend, I think it's going to be really important to name what you've observed in this person. Because oftentimes, if we come in and say, hey, I've noticed you're really anxious or depressed. I've already put you in defensive mode. You don't want to talk to me about it. You're like, no, I'm not depressed. No, I'm not anxious. No, X, Y, Z. And so it's going to be really important to simply name what have you observed. And so if this person is depressed, for example, maybe it's something that you've noticed, like this person's very isolated. They're not talking to anyone. They've stopped doing the things that they like to do. All signs of depression, but I'm not saying that's depression yet. I'm simply opening the conversation and saying, hey, in the past few weeks, if it's past few weeks, if it's past few days, you say past few days, I've noticed a behavior change in you. And these are the things that I've noticed. I'm wondering, what do you think about that? Because you want to still give opportunity to the other person to share their story. We don't want to label something until the person has labeled it themselves. So I would really say in that example or in any other example, let's say this person just got promoted and they have massive amount of stress because of their promotion or they got laid off. And they have massive amount of stress because they got laid off or they just got married and they had massive amount of stress because of that. Any example in that situation, it may be helpful to simply start by naming what you've observed in terms of the behavior for that individual and ask, what do you think that is? 
And then it may be important to have the conversation on how can I support you as your friend? Because I really want you to be happy. Is there anything that I can help you with in this moment? What would you like from me? That opens the door for the friend to ask for help because you initiated it and they didn't have to. So if, and I would say, if you really are willing to give the help, because if you're not willing to give the help, don't make the offer because then the person's going to say, this is what I need. And you could say, well, actually, I can't help you. So if you really are willing to make help the person, then ask, what is it that you need from me in terms of the help? If you've also gone through something similar, because I've seen certain instances where people have gone through their own stress or anxiety or depression, and you feel comfortable sharing with that person, hey, this is extremely normal. I've had something similar happened in the past as well. It really helps sharing it with someone. That allows the other person to know, hey, I'm going, I know what you're going through and it's okay. So those would be some of the things that I would say for someone that's really hesitant and not ready to take the help right away. That's true. So any specific uh, or any success stories uh, or the initiatives within the Indian community uh, that have made significant uh, strides in breaking this sig- uh, stigma around the mental health? Um, in my personal life or just in general in the culture? In general, maybe, or if, if you want to share your personal uh, like stories, if you... Yeah, I mean, I think definitely media, for example, has been opening up a lot more about mental health. I've seen certain movie topics come in uh, and make it more normal. Um, Certain shows come in that make it a little bit more normal. So I think media in general is really opening up that conversation on mental health because oftentimes in the past, when I've seen movies, mental health has sort of seen this thing as like this person is quote-unquote crazy and I don't even like the word but you know they're like weird and different and I've now seen movie characters also have some sort of normalcy in like hey I'm really stressed and I'm going through something um and that being normal so I appreciate that in the media that conversation's changing I think you know your podcast and so many other ones that I've seen on Instagram and YouTube are really trying to change that conversation. I personally am also trying to change that conversation with my YouTube channel because I really do want to talk about some of the things that happen in our culture that, you know, really impact us, but we don't talk about it. So as the Indian counselor, I really, my whole goal is to want to make sure that we normalize these conversations around mental health so that there's less stigma. Um, And I would say just on a professional level, because have worked in this field for 12 years, 11, 12 years now, um, I've seen success. I've seen success firsthand for my clients. And it it is a lot of um, hesitancy maybe in the beginning that they may have, especially in my, I've, I've had a lot of clientele in our community. And there's a lot of hesitation in the beginning of how does this work? Do I talk to you? Do I only come to you if there are things not working in my life? And then slowly as the sessions go, whether it's for coaching or for therapy, they've seen a difference. They've become more aware. They've also realized, oh, wow, I didn't recognize how much this was impacting me. They're getting to know themselves. So I always say when it comes to coaching or therapy, 
are you ready to invest in you? Because so many of us don't take the time to really get to know ourselves. And sometimes, because I really also want to name this, sometimes we're not given the opportunity to get to know ourselves because in our community, we're sort of sometimes told, you go do this major and you're going to marry this person. And I'm not saying that's true for every single person, but I know sometimes people don't even get the opportunity to get to know them and what they like or don't like, why they make particular decisions over another. And so therapy and coaching, coaching specifically as well, can really help you get to know you. And we really want to invest in getting to know us. That's the best thing we can do for ourselves. Sure, exactly. So, uh, like before we uh, uh, like wrap up the episode, we're just uh, near to the end of this episode. But before we go ahead, uh, there is what advice uh, do you have for the individuals who want to pursue a career in mental health and work towards shattering the stigma within the Indian community? <laughs> so many things uh well okay so one if you are coming in this field come on board we need as many people as we can have so please welcome in um i would say for the person that's pursuing the mental health a career in mental health one if your parents are not accepting or your family is not accepting, because I also know that's real, that's something that I I was grateful that my parents accepted it, but they also weren't quite sure what I was doing. So they were like, not sure what you're doing. Um, so if that is your situation, please know if you really do enjoy this, if it makes you curious, if it's bringing you know, some intrigue in your life, then I would say keep pursuing it. Um, and having said that, I think one of the best things you can do as a mental health professional is getting to know you. So I'm I'm not going to stand here and tell my clients to get to know them and not know anything about me. So I would highly, highly encourage the person that's coming in the mental health professional to really take time to getting to know you. And what I mean by that is, Figure out what ticks you off. What makes you happy? Why did you make a particular decision over another? I'm not saying get super analytical about it, but really start understanding why a particular thing drives you more than something else. Because the more you get to know you, the more you will start understanding how you show up for your clients. Because our humanity is also in the room. I think in my field and in my profession, I have been told the client is the most important person in the room. And yes, that is true. I'm just as important because if I'm having a bad day and I'm not taking care of me, that is bleeding into my session. So I would say as a mental health professional, really, really, really take the time to get to know you Find a routine that really helps you take care of yourself because you're not going to be able to pour into anybody's life if you're not pouring into yourself. Um, for those individuals who are wanting to shatter the stigma of mental health in our community, bravo, first of all, please join the community. I want as many people in this fight as possible. Um, and I would say the more you can make it okay to have these conversations, the more you can have these conversations, the more you can check someone who's putting another person down. 
even though it's uncomfortable, the more we're able to do that, that's what's going to break this cycle of generational cultural um, status quo where we don't talk about things, but we keep feeling that impact individually and, and not sharing the load. So I really hope that people are able to go on this journey and recognize that you're not alone because so many of us are trying to do the same thing in our family, in our extended family, in our work culture. So the movement is happening and I'm really grateful to see that people are wanting to join it. Wow, that's a great advice I would say like for all the listeners and thank you, thank you Avni for sharing all your insights. So, and that's, uh, that brings us to the end of this eye-opening episode of Healthy Mind and Healthy Life. We hope that uh, our listeners have found our conversation with Avni, the Indian counsellor on breaking the silence shattering the stigma of mental health in the Indian community was insightful and thought-provoking. So Avni's dedication to normalizing the conversations around the mental health within the Indian community is truly inspiring. And by addressing cultural nuances, challenging the misconceptions, and fostering the understanding, Avni is paving the way for a more accepting and supportive environment for mental well-being. So we encourage like you to take the knowledge and insights shared by Avni and apply them to your own life and relationships. Let's all play a part in breaking the silence and shattering the stigma surrounding the mental health, not only within the Indian community, but in a society as a whole. So if you found this episode valuable, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to explore the vital connections between a healthy mind and healthy life. So thank you once again to our incredible guest, Avni, for her expertise, passion and commitment to promoting mental health awareness. And thank you to all the listeners for joining us on this crucial journey of understanding and growth. So remember and remember and remember, as I always mention, so your voice matters and speaking up, sharing and supporting one another, we can create a world where mental health is embraced and celebrated. So together, let's break the silence and shatter the stigma. Until next time, take care of your mind nurture your life and remember that you are never the alone in your journey towards mental well-being so thank you so much thank you